Hey everybody, welcome to the good, the bad, and the nerdy movie podcast. I'm your host, Tom. With me again is Jeremy. Hey everybody. Hey Jeremy, I'm going to make you famous. When you see the spirit horse, that's when it's over. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, we are finishing up our Emilio Estevez trilogy with... Probably most people will say, "What's your favorite Emilio Estevez movie?" They're gonna say Young Guns too, more than Breakfast Club or anything or Mighty Ducks or anything else. There's a certain obsession with Young Guns too, out of anything else he's done. Nobody's gonna say Minute Worth. Dang. You, we've got some interesting comments from people like, "You did Minute Work?" Yeah. Okay. And yeah, I know. They it's all funny. seem to all agree that uh, Keith David is the key to that movie, which is what we. We're pretty clear about early on. Correct. This movie does not have Keith David, unfortunately, but it does have Christian Slater. Yeah, it's got Alan Ruck too, man. Cameron. Yeah, Alan Ruck. We got, we got a great performance by him in this one, too. Yeah, it's kind of a funny performance by him, but like you said, Christian Slater, Arkansas Dave Rudabaugh. Can't, can't beat it right there. He's the Forrest Gump of the Old West. I mean, literally, he's the Forrest Gump of the... He's the only guy to have basically faced every major like lawman or or hung out with major outlaws. It's, it, it, he's his own story right there. We'll have fun talking about him in a little bit. But um, this is a, a kind of interesting time. We're basically at the 30-year anniversary of this film coming out because it came out August of 1990. And man, 30 years. Woo! Yeah, aging, this, aging ourselves. I know. I know. Yeah, we were we were uh, about to start sixth grade when this film came out. Man, was this a movie everybody talked about? Absolutely, everybody, and the music that people jammed to. Yeah, that's something we have to bring up. Is that you know, while the first movie had some pretty cool music, this one has an Oscar-winning or Oscar-nominated song that was number one, I believe, on the charts for a little while. So. That of course is "Blaze of Glory" by John Bon Jovi. Yeah, a whole lot of good music in this one. That's not just Bon Jovi. I like the. I mean, similar to the first movie, really is a good composition of music yeah. throughout this movie. A, a good, good Western score, but not like it's not like Ennio Morricone is doing like uh, "Good, Bad, and the Ugly" score. It's you know, it's more of like a classic Western score. But you've also got this. Uh, awesome rock song that's kind of they they kind of stick in different parts throughout the film and it really really is a nice little extra touch yeah and it's 19 he is he's still there oh yeah in 90 this, he, yeah. he's still all the way up there in 90 yeah and this really was a, a bon, I mean, pretty much everybody on bon jovi played it but that's credits of john bon jovi which is kind of interesting but you know that's kind of the state they were about to be at uh you know 1990 They've just finished their New Jersey tour, which was like a year and a half. And uh, so they've had two mega successful albums, lots of hit songs, you know. You know, they're the... Every, they're, everything on the Slippery When Wet album. Everything. Everything. And then New Jersey was like, okay, here's some other songs uh, you'll like because they're they're catchy too. So. Right. But this one is definitely more in the Slippery and Wet vibe. So, and what's funny is uh, Emilio contacted John Bon Jovi to see if they could use Wanted Dead or Alive, which he said no. He said, I'll write you a new one. And you know what? He was smart. He's like, I'll write one so I can get an Oscar out of it, or at least an Oscar nomination. 
Right. I didn't. I didn't realize until you just said it. I, that's not one thing that I that I knew that he wanted wanted Dead or Alive as like his song. But I'm kind of glad they didn't use it because I feel like this one is exactly. the one. Yeah. Hey, this fits the movie better because this is kind of what's going on. Is that, yeah, the plot is for the I think the twelfth time a movie has been made about the hunt for uh, by Pat Garrett to kill Billy the Kid. This is this movie's been made. This plot line has been made and made and made. Like every few years, there was a Billy the Kid Pat Garrett movie made. So Young Guns was about the origin of Billy the Kid, and Pat Garrett pops up several times in the movie, but not you know he's kind of a background character half the time. Now that yeah, he, one is, is played by Patrick Wayne, who is John Wayne's son. This time, though, it is played by, I actually think, a better choice for Pat Garrett. And if you're a, a, a CSI fan, you know who this is. This is William Peterson. Yeah, and and he does great in this movie. And unlike the first one, he is prominent from the get-go. I mean, right after the old, quote-unquote, Billy the Kid yeah. little beginning with the attorney... I mean, Garrett's in it predominantly as as what appears to be a really good confidant of Billy the Kid. Yeah, which is not historically believed accurate, but good for the story. Now, uh, according to all reports, they knew each other, but not well enough. In most cases, believe they played poker a few times, but they never actually ran road together. That's actually one of the great miscommunications was that he actually knew and hung out with Billy Kid. He didn't really know him well, other than he, they crossed hairs a few times. So that's yeah, that's that's fictional. But you know, they had to fictionalize a few things. Uh, but Arkansas Danny, however, that's a whole another situation. They, he was definitely there. Yeah, he was. It was his gang. Remember, yeah. I mean, he just, <laughs> it wasn't Billy's gang. It was his gang. And the thing about Arkansas Dave is he's he's the only guy who in Dodge he he went to Dodge City got got almost killed by Batman and escaped from there. He uh, joins up Billy, Billy's gang, survive, and just as the movie shows, he survives and escapes from this one. Then, and this is a great thing, he goes to Tombstone on his way to try to get to Mexico and hangs out with the Cowboys, and he gets in, he's at that famous, not at the gunfight uh, at the OK Corral, but the other major gunfight, which was when uh, Wyatt Earp was trying to kill Curly Bill in a, uh, where he, he walked through a, a creek, I remember shooting at him, Never got it. Never took a hit while he killed Curly Bill and quite a few men. Arkansas Dave was the only guy who escaped from that one. Yeah, these. He was he, a, a well veteran outlaw. Yeah, and the thing is, as long as he was on U.S. soil, he seemed to avoid death. Once he got to Mexico, not the case. It lived to the ripe old age of thirty-two, which is pretty impressive for an outlaw back then. Yeah, I mean that's that's pretty good. Yeah, so yeah, he literally faced almost all the most famous outlaw western, you know, gunfighters. You know, so I mean Doc Holly was shooting at him and he dodged the bullet by Doc Holly. So it's it's kind of funny. He's the only one not mentioned in Tombstone, which is another thing. Which you know, eventually we uh, I want to do Tombstone as well. But uh, so this Great film, movie. yeah, so this film is basically the sequel. Um, a old man who is a true, uh, real guy who claimed in the early, late early late forties, early fifties that he was still, he was Billy Kid and that he'd been promised a pardon by the state of New Mexico, which this film then explores the, this claim, which kind of sounds accurate considering how corrupt New Mexico was back then. So, uh, well, of him getting the pardon, of him being promised a pardon. Well, he was promised a pardon, but yeah. the prosecutor, no. 
No, I mean it was baby. It was basically a, the idea was a, a trap to try to get him to surrender. Then, right? But yeah, the idea is uh, so him and um, Dave and um, Garrett are basically kind of running around New Mexico, getting into mostly just seems to be killing uh, uh, bounty hunters after Billy, which is I think a fun little uh, side bit. That you know, when the first time he we see we see some bounty hunters think they think they're going to get Billy the Kid, and in reality they've set a trap for the bounty hunters. So. Billy's I bet you I'll really get a hundred doggies for his trigger finger. <laughs> <laughs> Love that. Right at the beginning, it, it makes me laugh in this it's movie. Like, it's like, yes, uh, Redneck Hillbillies existed back then. <laughs> yes, was most definitely. Yes. Yeah, so, uh, and of course, and this one, and early on, we see Pat actually save Billy. In fact, Pat saves Billy quite a few times early on in the film. Yeah, he, he does a bunch. Yeah. So the essentially he gets. Uh, Word gets back that they're offering him a pardon if he surrenders to testify against other members of the uh, of the regulation. At this point, they've captured some Chavez, which we don't find out how, but they captured him. And we see Doc is in New York, New York City, as a school teacher, and he gets arrested in the middle of the class. Yeah, it looks like he's a pretty good teacher too. Yeah, I mean, the kid seemed smarter back then. I mean, when he was doing the letter W, he they said what. For those kids yeah. back then wobbly it's good yeah after yeah, watch of actually, course they said watch and everything else but yeah but yeah he's teaching his him. class they come in and yeah but yeah he's good go ahead he's actually supposed to be a good cop i'm a good teacher yeah and they so drag him. Cool how they yeah so anyway uh he gets thrown in this pit with chavez and uh billy's watching all this so he knows they're down there and then he finds he, he realizes he, they're ha- they're gonna uh betray him too so he he one of the easiest escapes in history oh yeah well it's funny leading up to it anyway and also just a little a little nugget which i'm sure that you probably know but some people don't know bon jovi's only cameo in this movie is he was in the pit of yes. prisoners with Doc and Chavez, and he yeah, shows we, his we, face. It's a cameo. We in this we're talking movie. about Young Guns. Being, Tom Cruise has a cameo as one of the guys shooting in the shootout at the end of the movie. <laughs> but this one, they got John Bon Jovi, and he's one yeah. of the guys in this pit. So uh, he escapes, quickly kills the guy who uh, who was uh, partially setting him up, and then uh, then later that night, uh, a what appears to be um, a lynch mob shows up to kill. Doc and Chavez. It turns out it's Billy, Dave, and uh, Pat, and they're helping bust them out. But then the real Lynch Bob shows up. (laughs) And it turns into an absolute melee. And the one part about this, okay, it was all a good scene. I do like the fact, too, where, you know, two of them ride up to him. Which way to go? I think he went that way. Then Billy shoots him and then just starts laughing. Funny parts in this one part that I had a problem with that I didn't when I was originally watching a movie but re-watching it just when they throw all the bullets yeah. down in the fire and then they just start shooting and like knocking out some lunch body like, yeah, no. don't think no it's, it's, no but it, it, was, very it was great for the movie yeah but yeah cause yeah bull, bull, bullets don't fire that way <laughs> no and not, not that like no, to where they they're been, taking they like, horses. Ex- no. You want to hear like more like firecrackers going off. So. Right. Hold on a second. I think uh, I'm getting my, I'm getting summoned. Uh, hold on. I'll wait a second.
lost signal for a minute. Uh, so Pat decides he's retiring from the group. Uh, he won't say for what this plan is. The reality, he's already—I think he's already been offered the deal to move on uh, to go after him. Which Do you think that he's already been offered that? I—I kind of think so, because because in the movie, you know, they don't offer him until after, but they also don't say in the movie if they're doing that before or after. The only reason I think it's after is because Chisholm there is there, and he's all pissed at Billy for shooting his man. Yeah, that's. I'm sure that's related to, but I wouldn't be surprised Chisholm wouldn't have gone anyway. So yeah, so we get they go yeah. on Chisholm getting money to get money because they want to go, you know, pay for their route to Mexico, and they figure having uh, what they're owed for the Lincoln County Awards would help. Now Chisholm is another guy like you know there was a movie about him. John Wayne played him, uh, John Chisholm in the past. So Chisholm's another real historic figure, and what I get a kick out is who's playing him. And you know that—that's such a neat little twist right there. So, um, uh, John Chisholm is played by uh, James Coburn, and James Coburn mm-hmm. starred in the uh, '70s version of the story, which is Pat Garrett and Billy the Kid, where he played Pat Garrett, and that's the one with Chris Christopherson as Billy the Kid, and uh, Bob Dylan's in that gang in that one. Yeah, it's good, good casting yeah. for him. He does—he does well. Yeah, knocking on heaven's door is written for that movie, so. So it's like, uh, it's probably why John Bon Jovi wanted to write a song. It's like, well, if uh, Bob Dylan can get an Oscar nomination for a movie, so can I. Yeah, I mean, it should be a no-brainer. Yeah. So yeah, um, so uh, we have this great bit where he start, he kills a couple of uh, Chisholm's men because Chisholm's not wanting to pay him. And it's kind of his way of like, well, fine, I'll just kill each one of your men for the amount of money, which is pretty cruel of, of them. And Doc has to actually save it at one point. Cause, so it's a nice little kind of showing like Billy's still a pretty sadistic guy yeah because those guys aren't worth five or worth more than five dollars but once again it kind of shows the disparity of like people's values back then so but uh so that yeah. side to head on and of course I keep forgetting that uh Balbus is this kid who is in reality was not a kid uh, uh Tom O'Folden he was much older but they cast him because he was they won the younger face so he's the basically the fanboy tagging along Right, he's a street kid, yeah. essentially yeah. living off the street, stealing from Beaver. Yeah, and uh, and I keep forgetting Alan Rush's character. That's Henry. He's Henry French, but he's basically based on two characters: Henry Brown and Jim French. Jim French was kind of is the majority of the. Uh, uh, he was Frenchy. He was so he was in the Regulators, but they didn't include him in the movie. So that's why they kind of made this other character out of him. So, and then uh, so uh, Chisholm hires. Pat Garrett to be the new, uh, basically the new marshal to go after him. Right. And I, what I get a kick out is, did you, you notice who was uh, his sidekick in that one? Which one? Whose sidekick? Uh, uh, Vigo Mortensen was part of. Oh yeah, a young Vigo Mortensen. Yeah, I did. I did notice that. Yeah. So yeah, he played uh, John Poe, and uh, Bradley Whitford's also in it as Charles Phelan. So I mean, we got a nice little like uh, that bunch of like before they were big. Big name stars in this movie, so I, I like that that nice little twist in there. Uh, of course, uh, so in Billy's uh, brightness, they decided to go to his favorite uh, whorehouse, which of course Pat would know where he's going. Yeah, it's their former companion, <laughs> and that's a uh, Jane Great House. Yeah, that is a great name for a. Uh, uh, a uh, madam. Yeah, I'm, I'm assu- 
almost a good, you know, what's your porn name? Jane Greathouse. Why do you, I mean, it's, why do you bring up porn? Because uh, in one of the uh, smaller parts was uh, porn star Ginger Lynn, and she met Charlie Sheen because he came to visit uh, the sets. So they started dating around the time. So yeah, they were some porn stars. <laughs> <laughs> what a love connection. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah. Uh, so Keith um, Sullivan didn't want to be in his movies much. So uh, that's kind of why he gets killed. Uh, in, you know, later on. Spoiler alert. Yeah, spoiler, which is not correct because his character didn't get killed. Uh, it was, in fact, uh, Charlie Baudry who got killed in the first movie. Right. So, it's like you can tell the writers, like, okay, well, we, if we're going to follow the story, we got to do this. Oh, no, that's not going to work. Well, we so there's a few. This movie is decently historically accurate, except when it comes. They to just the, took a few liberties with it for their story. To, to tie it into the first movie, which. Right. Yeah, because Chisholm wasn't in the first movie, but he was a big part of the story. So, um, so that you know, they, tr- you know, we basically get like it becomes a hunt, and, uh, a hunt as they're going down and down and down trying to get him. And eventually, they get uh, they get to the uh, the fort where they have this big uh, sh- Fort Sumner where they have this big shootout. And you know, uh, poor Doc gets like you know uh, shot up to pieces. And then yeah. he volunteers for the he gets the blaze of glory that's something that should be pointed out it's not Billy or, or Chavez I mean, he's the one that goes that takes the guns and runs out into like the big gun to take all the bullets for everybody which is a pretty cool moment and I gotta say Kiefer does a great job selling the what he's doing yeah yeah Doc taking it for everybody is one of those things like Doc was always like, I'm not riding with Billy. I'm not one of him and everything. And it's just basically showing his loyalty to all those guys. Yeah. And no, how, he's not doing it for Billy. He's doing it for Chavez. You know, yeah. Who he's doing it yeah. And of course, Chavez he, gets his great moment with it. He gets a few good knife throws in this time, too. Yeah. It's Lou Diamond Phillips' character in this is still just yeah. really, really good. Yeah. So that's what I like about the. Uh, we get some pretty cool moments with Chavez and him and Alan Ruck kind of. Uh, Alan Ruck's character is sort of taking over for uh, uh, the uh, see for Dermot Maroney's character in the last movie. So we get these nice little bits, like you know, the, the hillbilly guy doesn't trust Chavez, but then Chavez basically becomes his best friend anyway. Right. So yeah, so we get all the they, the gang splits up. Of course, Dave, of course, famously is told, "Hey, the gang's your gang now." And our Dave decides, "Hey, I don't want this gang." <laughs> he, yeah, no, he no, abandoned. He, cut he cuts out completely the opposite direction the rest of the guys right and as i and they leave this part out but he does get to mexico they leave out that he basically got in more trouble before he got to mexico so garrett completely ignored him and he just kept going around and getting into further troubles he forced gumped himself through the west until he gets to mexico and gets killed and then of course chavez is also shot he's dying he gets basically the ghost walk death where he's slowly kind of trying to find the uh, burial ground where he wants to die on, which uh, I gotta say, that's a cool moment as well. It's like, they do a really good yeah. job showing that he's he's hurt, he's not, he's on his, he's literally waiting, looking to die. Yeah, he's he's dying. Yeah. And then we get the basically bit where uh, he captures Pat, I mean, Pat captures him, and then later on, you know, he brings him back, he escapes again, then we get this final confrontation where he says, pretend you kill me, pretend you kill me, and they leave it vague. We hear a gunshot, and then we see that you know they they put a, a body in a casket. We don't really, you know, they don't show if it's really Billy or not. 
So yeah, go yeah. I was gonna say, and then when when the older uh, brushy Bill um, is continuously talking, I mean, yeah, he admits to more things. Yeah. Right. Right. So we get this, uh, you know, when we get this bit now. Uh, historically, according to all reports, the uh, John Poe, that's uh, Vigo's character, literally said, "You shot the wrong man." <laughs> when it happened. So there's an argument that Pat really didn't know what Billy looked like. And uh, so Pat shoots a guy, possibly shot another guy in in Garrett's gang, I mean in Billy's gang, or just another random person and decided, I'm not going to chase this guy anymore. That's, that's Billy shit. Right. Because they do a good job pointing out this, they've been, it wasn't just like a three day, you know, hunt. It took a while. The movie kind of glosses over, but Pat spent a while looking for him. So there, there's an argument that he just simply said, oh, I killed Billy the Kid, pay me now. Which, so Brushy, and that's what Brushy Bill content, you know, maintained that he was, you know, that he was really Billy the Kid. He just got away, changed his name again. Right. And, you know, the movie ends with this little coda where we see that the, the, a judge refuses to believe that's Billy the Kid. And, you know, he dies a few days later. Now, what's interesting, to this day, there's been attempts to do a DNA test on his body with the mother of Billy the Kid. And n- nothing has ever happened? No, uh, the state of New Mexico will not agree to it. See, uh, there's quite there's been funds raised for her, and apparently uh, the McCarty family has uh, is fine with her body being exhumed, but the state of New Mexico will not agree to it. Just get it over with, New Mexico, for the love. I mean, just, I think it'd be interesting to know because even though you have tons of movies, you have everything that talks about this, it'd be interesting to actually know yeah. if you have the opportunity to. That's in my, my opinion. I say do it, and then, I mean, either way, it's not like, he, I, I know the reason they don't want to say, well, we screwed up and we paid Pat Garrett. Pat Garrett got paid for something he didn't do. Or Well, you're talking about something that happened so long ago. Nobody's going to really care. They're going to be so swept up and they actually know the truth. You know, nobody... I know. You didn't. Yeah. I mean, it's just do it, New Mexico. Yeah. So that's what I think is interesting about this whole, you know. So that's why this is the nerdy of the movies because there's so much you can talk about. Like I said, we have Arkansas Dave's entire gumping of the West. I mean, he really is the Forrest Gump of, of the West. And then we have yep. the mystery. Did Billy actually get killed? Or did he die yeah, and, a, 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 a and, forgotten outlaw? And also geeking out and how nerdy it was. I even think I had the Young Guns poster just because it had Bon Jovi and stuff in it. There's also the nerdy of how much I geeked out over this soundtrack oh, yeah. and, and the music in this one as well. Yeah, it's a very cool, cool song. And, you know, if you can look it up on YouTube when they performed it at the Oscars. You know, the whole band's up there and it's actually one of the, one of the last times the full band played before they started to splinter, like who left the band first. So it's a nice little time capsule. Yeah, this it's definitely a nerdy movie, but also, you know, the debate still goes on. Tom, yeah, is it better than the original? See, that's like I said, that's why it's not the good movie; it's the nerdy movie. I it, this is more entertaining of a movie, but is it? Better? Yeah. I don't. I would not say it's better, but it's more. I have more fun watching this than I do Young Guns. Totally fair, and I'd love to be able to disagree with you, but I have to 100% agree with you on that, because the original Young Guns, as far as the overall movie goes, I think 
I enjoy, I liked more, but this one I was entertained more. If that makes sense. I mean, it makes no sense, but it does make yeah. sense. No, a good nerdy movie doesn't have to be good. It has to be entertaining. It's right, and this was incredibly entertaining. Ah, uh, I completely agree. So yeah, that and you know, uh, you know, out of this comes the fact that you know we got a few people's biggest careers go on to different things. So Christian Slater, you know, he does. This is kind of that interesting. It's like this comes out two weeks later after this came out. Pump of the volume can't. So he was kind of at his apex of success, and then he does Robin Hood the next year. So we got yeah. all the craziness of Christian Slater's career, where this film is kind of basically his big launching point, despite the fact he's been doing stuff for years. And then we got also the, uh, you know, Amelia, unfortunately, this is kind of his high point, even though Mighty Duck series is a pretty big success. He doesn't really make anything greater than this film. No, and as far as, like, you started off saying in this one, this is, when you think Emilio Estevez, this is the role that I think of him in, as, as, as far as any looking back. Yeah, it's definitely Billy the Kid first, and it's young, it's, it's strange. We do Young Guns, we always say Young Guns too, over Young Guns, because it's the more entertaining movie. It's got the awesome song, it's the video is basically like a, you can watch the video for Blaze of Glory and get the majority of the movie. Right, and I think when we were kids, we were hitting that when, you know, you said, like, going into sixth grade, this was the age, like, movies like this just stuck with us. I mean, just, I mean, because this movie I watched for years and years and years, and, and it was always entertaining. Oh, yeah, I agree 100%. So, yeah, so I, I think um, kind of the last thing i like to close out on this is that, you know, this movie was a pretty good hit at the box. So, 1990 was a fun year for movies in general. So for this to be kind of the closer of the summer is, I think, an important factor. You know, when you're the last big movie of the summer, you you tend to have a nice little further legacy. Yeah, yeah, completely agree. And you know, I remember, you know, like a lot of people, I remember that's something we talked, we all talked about that summer when we got back for school that year, which everybody did. You know, them releasing it in the fall, I mean, in the end of summer, meant that it had kind of an extra shelf life. Yep, it, I mean, one hundred percent agree. Sadly, it wasn't a. We didn't get a lot of good westerns. You know, we only get maybe like three good westerns for the rest of the nineties, and that's kind of uh, unfortunate. Kind of side effect. You know, I, this movie should have been like, I think, kind of helped trigger a few more big westerns. But after Tombstone, it was kind of all downhill for the western genre until basically the uh, for good fifteen years. What did what you said? So you got three big westerns in the '90s. So you got Young Guns two. You have Tombstone. Yeah. What's what was your third one? Unforgiven. Oh, okay. I forgot about it for a minute. Sorry, Eastwood. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Forgot about it for a second. I thought oh, completely. For, now I'm mad. But did Quick and the Dead come out? Yeah. In the uh, 90s I would too? count Quick and the Dead among my three because I wouldn't count. I was actually counting three after this. But yeah, Quick and the Dead. That, but you know, it's, it's. But then you also get like Wide Herb, which is Kevin Costner's take on, <clears throat> which, bore, uh, boring. Uh, yeah, yeah. Because when when I think of Western, I think of like the ones that we mentioned. Because Quick and the Dead was another one that I thought was actually a good movie that I didn't really think that like many people even saw it. Yeah, it's definitely an entertaining movie. It's like yeah, just for Russell Crowe alone and Leonardo. I mean, you got Leonardo DiCaprio as basically you know, kind of a Billy the Kid wannabe, and you got Russell Crowe as the preacher slash ex outlaw. And right. we're not even discussing the fact Sharon Stone's the lead in that one. Yeah, and she was the bee's knees at that point. Yeah, that, 
so yeah, you got but you got those three. Those are your three make your three popular westerns. And you have a few others that aren't near as good. I mean, Dead Man, which was which is kind of a hybrid western with Johnny Depp, really funny, but it's not really a well known western. Now, see, this is why I was asking you this because I was waiting for you to say one that I've not seen. Not seen that. It's in black and white. It's kind of an. It's about a dentist going out west and basically, kind of, yeah, in a in a kind of esoteric uh, bad luck ha- constantly happens to him adventure. So, well, I'll have to watch it. I was hoping that you'd say something I haven't seen, but yeah, Dead Man. Yeah. So, and then after that, we kind of the revisionist western sort of. I mean, Tombstone and Unforgiven started the revisionist western period. So, uh, you know, now if we get a western, it's one more grittier realistic and you know not the same as like those classic kind of crazy westerns so and this really was sort of the hybrid we're getting the revisionist period but it's still very uh poppy and entertaining on purpose yeah and and again they they killed it for this and it's sad to see the emilio estevez trilogy go but we're gonna have to say goodbye to you <laughs> we're gonna send you out in a blaze of glory yes. emilio amen <laughs> All right. Well, uh, if you, I hope you like this. This is uh, my name's Tom, and, uh, and of course, Melissa, uh, Jeremy's with us as well. This has been the Good, the Bad, and the Nerdy podcast. If you like this one, please make sure to share it with your friends. Write us a review on iTunes or whatever whatever uh, platform you use to listen to, and make sure to hit us up on our Facebook group, the Good, the Bad, and the Nerdy, on Facebook and also on Twitter. Because All right. Thanks, everybody. No, just thanks everybody for listening. Go watch Young Guns 2 if you haven't seen it. Also, it's 2020. You need to have seen it by now.